You know what? Maybe what? we should add a little phone ring in there. Oh, yeah. For the intro? For the intro. When you come in, it should be like a phone ringing because you're calling me. Yeah. Because then that way it shows we're divided. We call, but you're calling oh, me. Oh, uh, that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Aunt Chris. Hi, Vaughn. We're doing a podcast together. I know. It's exciting. Do you want to tell anyone listening when we came up with this idea, what our launching <laughs> event was? Yes, I believe it was a Facebook post, wasn't it, Vaughn? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was. And I believe you posted something regarding how you were disappointed in your family members, certain friends and family members who were Trump supporters and implied that those who were Trump supporters were, I believe the word was proud neo-Nazis. And it set off a firestorm in me, didn't it? Yeah. And then I responded, but I believe I responded privately because I, there's just certain things I don't, we didn't want people to comment on, you know, because we're family. And then I got 10 pounds of shit from your brothers and telling me I shouldn't unfriend you and... But I think they took the term as unfriending you on Facebook as if I was kicking you out of my life. And I, I think that's where it just went, it just went, it just went out of control. Yeah. And for some added context for that, shortly after, I would say my personally directed political rant, I deleted my social media, including not just Facebook, but Instagram, Twitter, any of it. And I just thought, you know, I feel so angry and off balance all the time and maybe I'll see if this makes any difference and I've, I've been off social media for about five months since then and it was not long after that you and me picked up the phone because that was our only option for communication mm -hmm. not just because you unfriended me but because shortly after the unfriending there wasn't even a account to to be friends with in the first place I have been really enjoying our conversations ever since then We've, we've been through an election since I then. know, and we're still talking, <laughs> which is great because that's the great part of it is we're talking. We're not texting. We're not typing. You know, the problem with communication is you don't get to hear how someone is saying something. You interpret it with the way you're feeling and not always the way the person who typed it, you know, was feeling. And that's why I think there's just so many issues today. I think there are so many issues today, and I feel like at least these issues give us now a cause and reason to check in with each other regularly and to, in our own ways, experiment with working through some of the issues as we see them. So this is this is our first attempt at that, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. How about you? I'm really excited. So I, I just hope, if anything, I can learn from it, grow from it, and in the same turn, understand where you're coming from and hopefully you understand where I'm coming from. I mean, let's face it, how many years are there between us? I don't know. Aren't you like 25 years old? Oh, I wish. I will be turning 52 on Christmas Day. I am 33 last time I checked. <laughs> so yeah, there's 20 years there, you know, pretty much. So it's there's a gap. There's a gap. We both grew up in New York State, right? Correct. And we were both raised in, I think, Republican-identifying households, if not conservative households. I, I was, at least. Were you? Yes. 
yeah, politics wasn't always a big conversation at our dinner table, now that I think about it. But I think you get more politically involved when you start to, you know, pay taxes and you buy a house and those kind of things. You start to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, those decisions are affecting my life. Yeah, indeed. And I think politics, I'm guessing, aren't a loud issue, or at least when we were raised, were not loud issues in, in family households if the heads of the households were politically aligned. I guess when you don't have anything to fight about, it's a more quiet space. True. Despite our 20 years, I think we have some similarities there in our backgrounds. We grew up in blue voting states as conservative and or Republican households. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's going to give us some like interesting insight to fall back on every now and then. Yeah, I think we've got our work cut out for us, don't we, Vaughn? I think we have a lot of work cut out for us. And I would love to, just for the sake of getting to know some of our nuances better before we launch into a series about it, there's an online quiz done by the Pew Research Center. I believe you and me both either took this quiz or a version of the quiz privately to ourselves and have not shared our answers with each other. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to figure out what our political typologies are based at least on the findings of this quiz. Yes. I won't react to your answers. You do not need to react to my answers. We have a whole series ahead of us. Before we start the quiz, though, I would like to go and say that, of course, the questions are somewhat vague, even though they're not any political affiliation, you know, with the quiz. The questions, to me, ask more questions. But we're going to do our best to get through it, correct? Absolutely. The questions come with two options. And the quiz is designed to sort of tease out the nuances by averaging a score to put us on some sort of a political spectrum. Are we allowed to actually talk about the question and then answer it? I think that's fine, especially if we have questions about the question. But we won't go too deep. So if the question is confusing, I think it's okay to respond. But I'm not going to challenge your opinion on this stage. And I won't challenge yours. And that's not to say I don't want my opinions challenged, just I think this is not yet the space to do it. Does that make sense? Yes. I want to be able to just say a few key points on the question because I don't want to come across as if I say yes or no, I'm a hardcore bitch. Because like you said, there's those gray areas. So I, I think it's important that we just say, well, the problem I have with this question is this, but I'm going to answer it this way. I think what we're just not using it for is a debate against our beliefs with each Perfect. other. Perfect. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Question one of 17. And the same applies to all questions, which is which of the following two statements comes closest to your view? It doesn't have to be your view, just closer to your view than the other. Okay. The government should do more to help needy Americans, even if it means going deeper into debt option a option b the government today can't afford to do much to help the needy so the word needy to me is broad in this question but i would still rather see america go deeper into debt to help those people i answered the same as you for question one question two or i guess options two government is almost always wasteful and inefficient or b government often does a better job than people give it credit for. Oh, government probably does a better job than people give it credit for. There's just so much stuff going behind the scenes that we probably don't know. For question two, I answer the same as you as well. All right, we're on to question three. Option A, the best way to ensure peace is through military strength. Option B, good diplomacy is the way to ensure peace. You know, you can feel free to answer first two sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I would answer that good diplomacy is the best way to ensure peace. And you know what? In a perfect world, I would answer that. But 
I know that there's just a lot of bad fucking people out there. And sometimes you don't mess with strong people. So unfortunately, I'm going to end it. The best way to ensure peace is through military strength. So our first question we didn't agree on. Yeah. So exciting. exciting. (laughs) I I feel like there's going to be more of them. Already, I'm sure that just sent us to opposite ends of the political spectrum in these results. We'll see. Oh, it did. Question four. Option A. Racial discrimination is the main reason why many black people can't get ahead these days. Option B. Black people who can't get ahead in this country are mostly responsible for their own condition. See, this is just too hardcore. You know what I mean? It's either you answer one way and you're like, oh my God, you're a racist, you know, and you answer the other way and, you know, you're labeled something else. This is a hard question to answer. Neither one of us are black, right? I I did do an ancestry DNA test and I am, from the best of my knowledge, not black. Yes, and and, uh, neither am I. But you know what? Both of these answers are correct, okay? They really are. In fact, a lot of this stuff is both of these answers are correct. Which of the two comes closer to your view, even if it's like a 49% to a 51% understanding that it is testing us on our extremes, not on our nuances yet? Then my choice is number two. Yeah, sometimes I feel like, and not just black people, all people, but I sometimes feel like people just, if things don't go their way, it's not their responsibility. You still have to be your own advocate. So I think it's become very, and if I don't say this right, Vaughn, edit it, okay? But I think it's become very easy to say, oh, I didn't get the job because I was discriminated against. You're picking on me because you're being discriminatory. And yes, there's still going to be discrimination, but it's not always the reason why you're not getting ahead. You still have to invest in yourself to Get out there and, and, and make a good living or whatever it is you're looking for. Work for what you want. Now you go. <laughs> oh, uh, so I, I I went with option A. Uh, racial discrimination is the main reason why black people can't get ahead these days. So to your first point, neither of us are black, but we're answering it anyway because it's a quiz in front of us. But second, I would say when I think of racial discrimination, I think of uh, generations and generations, centuries, even of inherited circumstance. And so when I'm calling it racial discrimination, I'm not necessarily thinking of it just in the present day. I'm thinking of it as if many ancestors ago we had a family member that could buy a house, then that was wealth that was somewhat passed down or preserved through the generations, almost like a snowball effect. Whereas if your ancestor was a slave, you didn't have that sort of advantage moving ahead. So racial discrimination I see as a very long, broad, stretched out issue. So my answer goes further back than just to make a commentary on today. We're going to have to revisit this. It's a dense issue. That it is. I agree with that. All right. Question five, option A. Government regulation of business is necessary to protect the public interest. Option B. Government regulation of business usually does more harm than good. B. I went with option A on that one. <laughs> okay. Right. But we won't talk, we won't get into in-depth about this because, yeah. you know. That is another hundred rabbit hole. Oh, we've got a fun one coming up. Option A, homosexuality should be accepted by society. Option B, homosexuality should be discouraged by society. Oh, I'm okay with A. I'm totally okay with A. I have to be okay with A. Yes. (laughs) But don't forget, the word is society. It's not saying by all religions. It says society. So even though there are religions that don't accept homosexuality, that's part of the religion, but society should accept it. All right, 
Question seven. Option A, business corporations make too much profit. Option B, most corporations make a fair and reasonable amount of profit. You know what? I'm not a business owner. I'd like to think, yeah, they make too much goddamn money, okay? But then if I was a corporation and I put my blood, sweat, and tears into this business, shouldn't I make a lot of money? You go first. <laughs> I would lean actually on this one to say most corporations make a fair and reasonable amount of profit. So I know that there are many individuals who'd make way too much to profit. But if we're talking about corporations, I think that I have always sort of leaned away from bigger is bad. I don't think bigger is bad. And I think that if corporations are making more money and paying their employees reasonably, then the profit that's leaving them is not such to be feared so much as to be, you know, celebrated, especially if they're treating people well. Thank God. Okay. Because that's where I was leaning. You don't have to lean where I lean. I just, but you know what it is, is I can't always sometimes verbalize like what you said is exactly what I was thinking. Because I, I'm not a business owner. Any of our answers here are problematic because they're they're steering us toward the extremes. Exactly. So the people who are listening, don't judge us too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> or judge us all you want. We're here to piss you off. We're here to well, that's true. Uh, comfort you. And we're here to make you think. Hey, we're going right through these questions. Number eight. Almost past the halfway point. Option A, stricter environmental laws and regulations cost too many jobs and hurt the economy. Option B, stricter environmental laws and regulations are worth the cost. Oh, this is where the greens come out. Um, uh, I, I work for the utility. I'm going to go with A. I am probably as green as I am gay, so I am going with option B. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you say that. I knew I was green before I knew I was gay. And I don't want you to think I'm not green. I recycle, okay? I return cans. I recycle my plastics. There's a lot of things I really try to do to help our environment. But I think some of these, some of these regulations are over the freaking top. And we're still here. World's still spinning. I'm not here to convince because I I do think that there are many, many exceptions to either extreme here. Exactly. So question nine, option A, immigrants today strengthen our country because of their hard work and talents. Option B, Immigrants today are a burden on our country because they take our jobs, housing, and health care. Damn these questions. Yeah, this will be a rabbit hole. God, I'm going to come across like such a cold-hearted bitch, but I can only pull from my own experiences. You go first. <laughs> well, I presume you're leaning toward option B. Again, both of these can be true, and that's what makes it hard, you know? And I, and I pull from my own experiences, my work experiences. So... I don't wholeheartedly believe with B, but I tend to lean a little bit more towards that. So I have to go with B. Likewise, I can only go off my own experiences and any non-U.S. citizen people who I interact with regularly have me toward answer A just based on what I've observed. But also you and me have extremely different careers. That's true. Show us very, very different sides of people. Yeah. And I think that that is... A really important nuance for us to both take into account. So I go with option A. So question 10. Yes. Poor people today have it easy because they can get government benefits without doing anything in return. Option B. Poor people have hard lives because government benefits don't go far enough to help them live decently. I know if I say answer A, I know it, that isn't 100% true. But I also know B is correct too. 
But again, pulling from my own experiences and the things that I've seen, I just think that the government is there to not support you. It's there to give you help, which means you have to help yourself. I hate the question. I do too. I think it has to do with things that go well beyond the government. And I would say it's not necessarily the government's fault that their lives are hard, but it doesn't mean that it's not the government's fault that their lives are hard. It is complex. so. So I am going with option B. 11. Option A. The economic system in this country unfairly favors powerful interests. Option B. The economic system in this country is generally fair to most Americans. I would go with option B myself. I don't think it's true because it's an extreme, but I do think that it seems the goal is at least to be perceived as being fair to Americans. So for that perception, knowing that it's often not, I'm going to go with B. I'll go with B on this one because like you said, I'm so split with it. I would guess that B is the more conservative answer it of those is. two, but I don't, I don't know for sure. No, I think it is. Question 12, option A. Our country has made the changes needed to give black people equal rights with white people. Option B, our country needs to continue making changes to give black people equal rights with white people. Uh, I don't want to say pause on this for a minute, but what rights do we have that they don't? In our constitution, you are not allowed to discriminate. Now, people are people, people are assholes. So they're going to, but you're never going to stop people from being assholes on both sides. Okay, our country has made changes to give black people equal rights with white people. Did it take them a while? It did. They should have got their shit together a while ago. It's not asking me, do people treat black people equally? No, not always. But our country has made the changes to give black people equal rights. So, A. Uh, I would go with option B for my answer on that. I think that there's still a need for an over-steering to correct the course having been offset before a lot of the rights were put into place. 13, option A, it's best for the future of our country to be active in world affairs. Option B, we should pay less attention to problems overseas and concentrate on problems here at home. A. Yeah, I'm an easy A on that one. Oh, interesting, because our, I thought your party's all about America first. America should be first, but it doesn't mean like, you know, there isn't a close second or third or fourth. We still have to learn from other countries. America first isn't America only. All right, 14 out of 17. We're getting there. Option A, most people (laughs) who want to get ahead can make it if they're willing to work hard. Option B, hard work and determination are no guarantee of success for most people. A. I would also go with A on this. I don't think everyone has an equal shot. I think that some people are not given the resources to learn how to work hard. And see, that's where we're going to have our discussion because when you say given the resources, okay, given by who? Their parents? I think that it's a matter of if if you're born into a family that is working hard, you are much more inclined to be able to work hard yourself or at least to have the option. Question 15. Option A. The obstacles that once made it harder for women than men to get ahead are now largely gone. Option B. There are still significant obstacles that make it harder for women to get ahead than men. I think we've come a long way. Do I still think there are obstacles? Yeah, I do. I don't know if the word significant needs to be there. So I'm going to go with B on this, but I really don't agree with the word significant. But then again, and not to get too far off, you know, I'm in a union. So it doesn't matter if you're man or woman. Okay, but yes, I'm a B. Yeah, me too. 
definitely a B. There's still a lot of system in place that makes it harder than it ought to be. Definitely. Question 16 of 17. Option A. In foreign policy, the U.S. should take into account the interests of its allies, even if it means making compromises with them. Option B. In foreign policy, the U.S. should follow its own national interests, even when its allies strongly disagree. Uh, I can come with like a couple of examples as to why I agree with both of these things. <laughs> oh my! Which one do Every... you slightly agree with more than? I'm going to, right now, I'm going to go with B. And you might even end up changing my mind on this, but I'm just going to go with B for now. I am going to go with A on that. I don't spend a ton of time studying foreign policy, but I would say that what my mind did was I turned it into a conversation about friendship. So I said, if I think I know something and my friends are telling me that that is not a good choice I'm about to make on their behalf, I will take it into a much heavier account because their friendship is more important to me than my own interests nine out of 10 times. And I almost feel like, oh my God, maybe I'm, I'm starting to realize I don't trust a lot. And I'm wondering when I answer these questions, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm very self-guarded. I don't know if that's even a right term, but I feel like I know I might even be sounding, it's all about me. Because I think right now, I don't trust the news. I don't trust what I read. I'm having a hard time trusting. And I think that's maybe why my answers are coming out the way they are. And I have a lot of questions about my own answers. But you could put me down for a B on this. So question 17 is going to be the fastest question you and I ever answered. I don't know. It's actually tricky for me if is I it? really sit with it for a second. Yeah, it is. Why would you say that? Well, let's read the question. Let's read the question. Why don't you read this one? Okay. In politics today, do you consider yourself a Republican, a Democrat, or an Independent? So why are you struggling with this one? Because I don't love the two-party system. You know what? I agree with that. I totally agree with that because I'm not a diehard Republican. I'm really not. And I'm not a diehard Democrat by any stretch of the imagination. Do I identify with Republicanism at all? I would say hardly. I was raised that way, but I don't identify with it. I have no interest in getting involved in volunteering my time with a political party. What I do have a great interest in is when I feel supportive of someone or I feel supportive of a group, I think of that group and I, I want to focus my energy on them. And that shifts around a lot. So I see Democrat, I see Republican, and I see Independent. And I think that if we lived in a country where all three of these tickets could run together and have an equal chance at winning, I would identify as an Independent. And you know what? I would too, believe it or not. Yeah. So check Democrat for you and Republican for me as of right now. I kind of want to throw a wrench in on my end and throw in Independent. So what am I putting you down as? A Republican. <laughs> So you know what happened when I put independent on mine? A second question popped up for me. It didn't pop up for you, but said, as of today, do you lean more to the Republican Party or more to the Democratic See, Party? See, it got you anyway, didn't it? <laughs> it but then what, what did it do? It took out independent, right? They did. Like, they, that's all they did is they didn't, they gave you independent to choose from. And then when they said, yeah, you picked it, but you still have to pick a side. That's what they did. They still want you to pick a side. And that's what's happening to all of us every exactly. day, isn't it? Yes. And now the big question is, who is they? Is it the media? Is it the government? Who is they? All right, I'm going to hit submit, and we're going to see what our political typologies are. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. It says your best fit is core conservatives. Really? That's what you come through as, and I come through as opportunity Democrats. Interesting. Not so much on me. I think I was 
an open book there. I think everyone could probably label me as a core conservative, whatever. So there's these like little charts that it comes with and it looks like you're not at the far extreme right, but you're maybe like a few short degrees below it. Okay. And as far as I go on the left, I'm almost like the mirror image of you on the scale where I'm pretty far left, but I'm not all the way touching the edge. I think my throwing the independent wrench in at the end maybe teased me back away from the left further. Isn't that interesting that if you would have put it as a Democrat from the beginning, I wonder if it would have put you fully to the to the yeah. left. I don't know. So that's us. Are you surprised to have landed where you landed no. based on this? No, no. And you know what? I, I knew I wasn't far to the right. I mean, I knew I was to the right, but I'm not all the way back against the wall to the right. I know I'm not. And I also know I, I have room to grow and I have room to open up my mind and learn the same way you do. You know, I know that you're not all the way to the left. I know you're not. Even if this, even if you had picked Democrat at the end and it put you, I knew you weren't all the way to the left, no more than I'm all the way to the right. But it does show us how we are going to sit down together, two people who are complete opposite of each other, right? And, you know, have a discussion. And I think even though we can call ourselves opposite. We could also look at where we stand on either the right or left. And we're actually extremely similar within our proximity to the side we we seem to align more with. Even if it's on the other side of it, our identities are similar within where, where we think. I think that is the basis for what we're going to dive into from here. And I think we can wrap things up because I think this is a really great way to have introduced us to people (laughs) yes but can i just and you don't have to put this in the podcast if you want but i just want to go out on there and say listen for those who are going to listen okay it'll be easy to sit there and judge vaughn and myself based on politics but if you were to run into one of us the grocery store or the mall if if as long as you have your mask on or wherever and I said to you, hey, have a great night. Get home safe. You would not know I might be this person on this podcast and same for Vaughn. So why don't we just all remember that the people who we are, we're not just who we are based on our political views. There's so much more that make us up, make us a person. And we need to stop just judging people based on one thing. Open your mouth and talk to somebody. All of that. I love it. I feel the same way. I see people holding guns pointed at state capitals, foaming at their mouth with anger, and I feel scared. And I feel threatened by that. I think I'm here to put the face to the what my hypothesis is, is the 95-98% of people who feel the same kind of scared or threatened as I do just on the other side of what their political typology is. And if we're not going to talk, then it is going to be the 5% on either exactly. side of our our aisles that are leading us all. And I, I'm not sure I want to be led by them. I'd rather be back to the middle. You know what? I'd rather be an independent. Uh, like, how do we want to say goodbye? Oh, should we have a catchphrase? Uh, yeah. Do you want to make up a catchphrase for us to sign off with this first week? And then we'll, we'll adapt it as time goes on. Uh, yeah. What can we say? It could say, until then. Until then. All right, everyone. Today, we spent our time talking about figuring out our political typologies. 
It was a helpful exercise that helped me and Aunt Chris narrow in on where we stand on certain issues, and it warmed us up to talking toward those issues on our road ahead as we continued these conversations. So for all of you who are listening out there today, what do you think your political typology is? Why don't you pick up the phone with someone that you don't always see eye to eye with, take the Pew Research Center political typology quiz, and find out. You might be surprised on your answers. 